0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Monday, November 20th, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. The crash of an air station Sitka helicopter last Monday was a twist on the usual Southeast Alaska rescue story when the professional rescuers needed rescuing themselves. Recovering the four injured air crew was an intense overnight effort involving several agencies all working in difficult conditions. KFSK's Shelby Herbert reports on how responders pulled together to bring the injured Coast Guard personnel to safety.
1: Aaron Hankins is the director of Petersburg's Emergency Services. He says the ride to Reed Island was pretty treacherous. Waves were nearly washing over the sides of the boat, and all the while, they were being pelted with snow and rain.
2: We were kind of going with it on our way there, and it was still pretty lumpy. It was pretty rough. Um, At times, it was white out on our way out there.
1: Patrick Fowler leads Petersburg's search and rescue team he says when they reached the downed helicopter a couple hours after the crash they walked into a mess
3: yeah strong smell of, of uh, fuel in the air as could be expected the helicopter was you know almost totally on its uh, top side yeah yeah
1: the team was ready to render aid but they didn't have the right tools to immediately get the crew out of the fuselage. What they had with them might have been suitable to extract someone from a car accident, not a helicopter. But with time and some brute force, they were able to free the injured crew.
3: Yeah, I mean, just a a small space that's gone topsy-turvy and people kind of stuck and injured tricky environment to work in but uh uh yeah cutting some straps uh breaking a couple of pieces of metal and um uh, ultimately getting them positioned and where we could transition them uh, up and out of the helicopter
1: in spite of the challenges fowler says it was his favorite type of rescue mission
3: at the end of the day everyone came home and um that's why we do this. It's, it's uh, that type of scenario, and, and especially when, at the end of the day, you see a direct correlation to like your actions and a positive benefit to the people there that were in a you know, in trouble. So, yeah, so that's that's the most rewarding type of type of mission that we we get.
1: Back in Petersburg. Dr. Alice Huleback was the physician on call that night. She says it was all hands on deck. Most of the hospital's nurses and providers came out to lend a hand, even though they weren't on call. Huleback says the attending staff didn't know what to expect, but they weren't optimistic.
4: There was a lot of unknown, but sort of, planning for, unfortunately, the worst. And so that is why we essentially called in as much help as we could.
1: Once the patients were stabilized, two nurses and a doctor accompanied the Coast Guard medevac flight to Seattle because the Coast Guard didn't have their own medevac team available at the time. Mary Kravitz is Petersburg Medical Center's nursing supervisor. She was on that flight, tending to the injured helicopter crew. She's also the spouse of a Coast Guardsman. Kravitz says that connection made it very easy for her to volunteer her time.
4: Because thinking of my husband, you know, it's something that if if I was in their shoes and I couldn't get to my husband in this sort of situation, I would hope that somebody um, would do the same for him.
1: The Coast Guard has not released the names of the crew members. An investigation into the cause of the crash is ongoing. In Petersburg... I'm Shelby Herbert. The first people at the scene
0: of Monday night's crash of an Air Station Sitka helicopter were the crew of the distressed fishing vessel it was sent to assist. As KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports, brothers Logan and Levi Paget aboard the Lydia Marie played a critical role in the rescue of the downed air crew.
2: Logan Paget is the captain of the Lydia Marie, a 44-foot wooden troller based in Wrangell. The Lydia Marie began taking on water around 8 p.m. Monday in the rough seas of Frederick Sound when Paget sent out a mayday and steered for the protected northern shore of Reed Island in Farragut Bay. The helicopter launched from Air Station Sitka and made the 81-mile trip to Reed Island by 10.15. Paget spoke to the air crew by radio, letting them know that the flooding was under control. Then something went wrong. It was dark, so we were just looking at the helicopter lights, so there wasn't really much to see. But we could hear the rotors one second, and then loud crash the next, and then silence. Padgett turned on the Lydia Marie's crab lights. He and his younger brother rowed ashore and met one of the helicopter's pilots on the beach, near where the aircraft had come to rest, inverted among some trees. He brought the pilot a handheld VHF radio, which he used to call for additional help. Paget says it did not feel strange that he was now the one coming to the aid of the Coast Guard. Of course, there's just people helping people at that point. Paget says he knows nothing about helicopters or what might have caused the accident. As a mariner, he does know the weather, and it was not a good night. I know that visibility was terrible. and The gusts of winds were terrible. It was just really bad conditions. In all, Padgett says he and his brother spent five or six hours on the beach at Reed Island helping the air crew. They brought them sleeping bags from the Lydia Marie. They used their radios to communicate with Petersburg responders and state troopers. Another helicopter from air station Sitka arrived to take the crew to safety. Shortly after daybreak, the cutter Elderberry came to escort the Lydia Marie at about eight in the morning. Asked if he'll carry any particular memory of the events with him, Patchett said, it was just kind of all one long, cold night.
0: A tourism task force is getting to work in Sitka. The volunteer group recently held its first town hall meeting to gather information from the public on the effects of the rapid growth of tourism in the last two years, and to help the municipal government to plan for the future. But as KCAW's Catherine Rose reports, the town hall meeting was no gripe session. Instead, organizers did some strategic data gathering that left some attendees intrigued and others confused. Sitka's tourism task force was
4: created by the assembly in the spring with hopes that the group could plan the city's response to a rapidly growing tourism industry. The group was able to meet just a couple of times, mainly to organize itself, before the biggest cruise season in Sitka's history kicked off, with 585,000 people visiting Sitka. Task force chair Phyllis Hackett said the busy summer season delayed the start of the group's real work.
0: And I know there's been a lot of comment that, um,
4: that we waited a long time for this. Well, the majority of our members on the task force are work within the industry, and they were really busy this summer. And we weren't able to get a full complement of our task force to be able to work on this really, really important issue. So we intentionally put it off until now when they were around and able to give it their attention. The task force opted for a novel format for the town hall meeting. Over the course of two hours, around 250 people moved through a room divided into four stations— community, recreation and environment, economic opportunities, and levels of cruise tourism. At each station, participants could write responses to survey questions on sticky notes and talk with a member of the task force. Task force member Jim Mishner monitored the station focusing on the economic impacts of tourism. On a table next to him were a few questions, which participants could answer by dropping little blue tokens into slots.
2: The first question, the increase in tax revenue from growing cruise tourism is good for city services infrastructure. People can rate from strongly disagree to strongly agree and in between, and we can start to get actual numerical values from the community, how they feel on these different questions.
4: At another station, Sitkins identified safety concerns in certain areas of town by placing stickers on a map. At another, they contributed to a word cloud describing Sitka's character with and without tourists. Carrie Fenton's word was chaotic. I'm really grateful that they opened a public forum. I think people have been wanting kind of an outlet to share how the season went for them. And I think there's a lot of frustrations that I've felt, um, but I've, I've heard around the community. So I think having a space to get meaningful feedback out there is feeling really good. Fenton liked the format of the event and was particularly excited about a bean counting activity where she was able to give feedback on the most important aspect of managing the cruise industry by dropping beans into jars. She put her beans in the number of cruise ship passengers per day jar. That is something that I've personally felt would be really helpful in the cruise season. And I worked three jobs in the food service industry this summer. I feel like that one is the most visible for me, and it did feel like really like clarifying and good to see that that also had like the most number of beans when I walk by. Like I feel like that's on everyone's mind, so yeah, good to see it in a physical way. For others, placing sticky notes and dropping beans didn't quite capture their feelings. Gary Downey owns Captain Gary's Adventures, a local tour company. He felt like the event didn't give participants enough opportunities to express positives of tourism in Sitka.
2: Going around to the different booths, I just saw, um, you know, what were the negatives. I was kind of a little bit thrown off. I thought it was going to be a little bit different. But it's what it is, and I appreciate that people came together to do their thing.
4: Downey said he hoped there would be more opportunities for residents to share out their perspectives in a more traditional town hall setting.
2: Uh, We need to consider tourism as being a good economic driver for our city. Um, But we also need to figure out ways to um, spread the people out and, yeah, try to just figure out what we can do to keep a good, strong economy for the city of Sitka because we have, over the years, struggled. And this year we have money in our general fund, and I think that's a good, positive thing.
4: Later in the week, the task force met again to debrief the town hall and literally weigh the beans. Although most felt the format worked, some thought the data they captured largely missed key subsets of Sitka, like young people. The task force plans for a second open house on December 7th, as well as a more conventional town hall meeting later in the winter. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Katherine
0: Rose. For purposes of disclosure, KCAW co-general manager Rich McClear holds a seat on the city's tourism task force. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News.